Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, guys, today we are going to talk about testing. Now, there are two different concepts when it comes to testing of copy. There is the concept of a copy test, which might be uh, something that a client has you do in anticipation of hiring you for a job. Um, we have already done an episode on that. And we're going to put the link in the in the show notes. Um, but this is actually a very different uh, a different topic. We are talking about testing your copy as in seeing how different versions of it perform differently. Um, and before I, I can just anticipate people listening to this and thinking, oh, I'm sorry, wait, what? My, my copy is going to be put to the test? Uh, yes, or potentially yes, we, we recommend it, but it's actually a good thing. Yeah, this is one of the ways that you can see what performs best for your client. So, you know, copywriters, when you're going in with a brief, you know you're writing to the brief, but you also know that there's a bajillion, and that's not an exaggeration, ways to answer <laughs> wait, the brief. Wait, 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 I'm sorry. A bajillion is not yes, an exaggeration? Nikki. So we're saying a literal, literal bajillion. bajillion. Is that okay. a real number? That's, I do not believe it is, and therefore... So there you go. Yeah. That's, okay. <laughs> we're going to get letters about that one. <laughs> All that's to say is there are so many ways to answer a brief. And so if you're writing the brief, you probably have, you know, let's take an email as an example, but this can be for any, you can test lots of different copy and we'll get to that. Keep, keep listening for different types of things that you can recommend to your clients to test. But so email is an example, your subject line, you're writing the subject line for this email that you're writing for your clients. You might have a few different subject lines that you're toying around with of like, oh, this, this could be good, but this could be really good. And it's a completely different angle. This one's a question. This one really leads with a benefit. This one you know, is curiosity. This one is, uh, I, I don't know, a joke. I don't, I don't know. It's, <laughs> 
<laughs> All that's to say is they could be very, very different styles from each other. As long as they're obviously they're they're answering the brief, they're in the right tone, they are they are you're doing what you need to do, but they could mm-hmm. be very, very different from one another. And so mm-hmm. you can test those subject lines to see, okay, is for this type of piece of content, would people be more likely to open an email with this subject line or would they be more likely to click and open an email with this subject line? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is fundamentally, we we want to do good work. And so we are always going to put our best foot forward. We're going to take what we've gotten from the client and we're going to do our very best. But we are not psychic. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to you, will you choose what you recommend. You say, right, I think this one is going to perform well for X, Y, Z reason. But But fundamentally, we can't know exactly what is going to perform best. And nobody expects us to. Mm-hmm. Nobody expects us to be perfect. They look for our expertise to make recommendations, but we can't We can't know among, again, to, to Kate's point, among three different subject line options, which is going to perform best. And generally, it's we're not talking about huge performance differences. Maybe subject line A gets a 25% open rate, subject line B gets a 27, subject line C gets a 32%. So you know, we're not talking like nobody opens this one at all and everybody opens this one. But when we're talking about if your your client has thousands of people getting this email, those two or three or four percentage points can make a big difference for your client. So what we're saying is that testing can actually be an opportunity for you as a copywriter to better serve your client. Number one, because, and this is something we'll talk about in a bit, there may be times when it's appropriate to provide options for your client to test, which is just a, a nice way of providing extra service that uh, that isn't uh, fundamentally more difficult for you and you're not giving anything away. I mean, you are a little bit, it's a little bit of a gift, but, but, uh, but it also, it provides more of a service um, without, again, giving a ton of stuff away. Um, but also it helps you learn more about that audience and what that audience responds to. Um, and it, it may be that that helps you then tailor your copy going forward or, um, well, yes, I guess tailor your copy going forward, but it is, it is not in, in any way, it is not a judgment on your skills as a copywriter to, to test your copy. Um, it is not, it doesn't say that you're not a good copywriter. Um, it's just, it's an opportunity to learn. And I, if your client says, oh, we're going to test this, embrace it and ask to, and hopefully they will tell you, but, but find out what the results are, ask to get those results. Yeah. And if it, I'm going to say this because hopefully it makes everyone feel a bit better after however many years I've been doing this close, pushing 15 now, I feel like I am almost always wrong of which <laughs> thing I think is going to win the test. Um, I think there are a few times where I'm like, yay, what I thought, you know, my hypothesis is right. Yay. Uh, but nine times out of 10, at least, if not like 99 out of 100, I think, okay, this one, you know, it could, we put our best foot forward, right? With copy. And that's why testing, I think, is so, so valuable and why we should embrace it because we put our best foot forward. We think, yes, this is, this is the strongest piece of copy that I've written for sure. This is what people mm-hmm. are going to respond to. Here's another option. I don't think it's quite as strong, but it is, it's, an, it's another option. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just what they are looking at them as options. And, yeah, every time I think, oh yeah, that's the that's the strongest piece of copy, it's not the winner. And that's okay. It 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 
I should, at this point, I know enough to be like, okay, I think this is the strongest. So I think this one's going to win. It's going to be yeah. the other one. But so don't feel bad is all that's to say. Again, yeah. I've been doing this for how long? And I think I know my audience and I think I know what they want to hear. And so it's just so, so valuable for me, for my client to get that information back and know oh, here's what our audience actually cares about. Here are the messages that most resonate with them. How can we say these different things in, in other ways because they want to hear more of this? And this other message, yes, it's important for them to hear maybe, but they don't resonate with it as much. So maybe you don't put as much mm -hmm. emphasis on it. Yeah. It just gives you so much more to work with. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm anticipating a question of, ooh, okay, I get it. Testing's good. Can I test my copy before I give it to my client? Um, I, I And I understand that, mm -hmm. that instinct, but you can't mm -hmm. because it's your client's audience that is going to that's going to make the difference. And you would be surprised at, at how things can change from, from audience to audience. Yeah. So a, a subject line might perform better with, with this group of people, but your client's target audience, it might be the other subject line. So, you know, sometimes people it will say, what do you guys think? Which one is more, which one is better? But if that's not your target audience and even still like, which one do you like better? That doesn't even always mean that's the one that they would yeah. actually end up clicking on to open. So, uh, you can't, you can't test it. It's going to have to be your client's test, client testing it to their audience. But again, it's going to be your options. So yeah. it's not like it's not like you versus someone else. That mm -hmm. You're not being pit against anyone. Um, you're just looking to see what, what performs better and your client will handle the testing. But you, as the copywriter, have the ability to, to give them different options for testing in different places. Um, and I think probably Kate, maybe just doing a little talking about what the, the kinds of testing A, B and, and multivariate. Yeah. And I think anytime that you're saying to yourself, which, which one do I think will perform better? That's a perfect time to say, okay, this is an opportunity to recommend to my client that they run an A, B test. So yeah. let's use a sales page as, a, as an example. You want to, with an A-B test, you're testing one variable against that same variable. So for example, again, sales page, maybe you're testing one headline against another headline. Which headline moves the metrics in the direction that you want to go? Or does it move? You know, or are both equally, you know, they end up being equally, equally effective. The point is though that you do not want to test a completely different sales page against, you know, completely different copy down the whole entire sales page against another mm -hmm. sales page that has completely different copy because then you have no idea. You can't isolate what was mm -hmm. more effective. Was it the headline? Was it the opening copy right after that? Mm -hmm. Was it one had a section with testimonials and the other didn't? Uh, did one talk about the company and 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 the benefit of their products, one of the benefits and the other one talked about a completely different benefit of their product or service or whatever your client offers. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, if you're having too many different things on the page, how do you know which one was was the reason that the sales page performed better? You you don't. Exactly. And the way your client will test something like this, for example, is they will, it's all in their systems and they will do this. Mm -hmm. They'll build out two different versions of the sales page again, like Kate said, and this is just one example of, of yep. way, what, what you could test. They'll build out two versions of the sales page, identical except for the two different uh, headlines. And they will, they will send traffic, the equal amounts of traffic to both pages the separate people, of course, you don't want person one getting to getting to both pages, but they will split the traffic, um, which is why an A-B test is also sometimes called a split test. Um, and they will just see based after a certain period of time, because there are all kinds of there's 
math and analytics involved and all this kind of thing. But after a certain point, uh, when, when they've reached a, a high degree of certainty, they'll look and see um, likely for a sales page, what they might be testing is to see how many people purchased on a sales page. Um, for exact for a subject line, for example, they'd be looking to see if you did an A/B test for a subject line. Which again, like Kate said, the body of the email stays exactly the same. Um, but if you're testing the the subject line of an email, you're likely testing to see if uh, which one has the higher open rate. Because as we know, subject lines are important. If people don't open them, they don't get to see the whole rest of it. So it's it's a very simple, straightforward test. But uh, with that simple, straightforward test, there are so many different things that your client could test. Mm-hmm. And and so many of the ideas there there are so many opportunities for copy testing copy. So again, you know, headline a sales page. It could be headline an opt in page. It could be adding a section on an opt-in page that talks about something specific that the control version didn't talk about. And so when we say control version, we just mean whatever they're using now that you want to test the test version against. So whatever's kind of the the stat- status quo, if you will, for your client against your your test version. You might, within an email, body of an email, test the the call to action is another great piece of copy to test. You know, what mm-hmm. what language you're using on the call to action. Uh, I always joke about the, you know, click here for blah, 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 how, how dated it feels, but it often works because depending on your audience, they might need that specificity of, oh, I have to click this, mm-hmm. this button or this, this text link or whatever it is. And so testing all of these, those, those key, the most important areas of copy is, mm-hmm. is so huge. But as a copywriter, you know, you can also recommend to your client to test if there's an image that you think, okay, maybe this image of palm trees, what if it was a cafe setting, does that make a difference to to the audience? Do they respond better to one image over the other? You you can absolutely feel free to recommend these sorts of things to your clients. You know, I, I think another thing, uh, depending on who you're working with, uh, often they don't incorporate enough testimonials or customer feedback on there wherever. And so you might say, hey, do you do you have customer testimonials? Can we incorporate into this, this email sales sequence of key areas? Can we incorporate it on an opt-in page or a sales page or whatever? Mm-hmm. And so you can start seeing what other companies and, and, and your other clients, companies, whatever, are doing and say, oh, could, could we test that with my, with my client? Even if it's a completely different industry, I think that's some of the one of the nicest things about working with a ton of different clients across a ton of different industries is you get ideas that you can mm-hmm. then bring to your clients and it brings so much more value to them by having mm-hmm. all of this this knowledge from what other people are doing in in their marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 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 fun thing I think about testing is that as a copywriter, we can test just about any a bajillion different things a bajillion a literal bajillion i know i know i'm using it's it's the joke don't if you're going to write in write in about kate not write about write about me plenty of other things you can write in about me for um but you you know even as granular as as the the text on a button you know mm-hmm. take me there versus Op, sign me up or whatever. Uh, I wouldn't recommend take me there, but um, where you, th- you can, me? I don't know. I, I would know if I was working on the project, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, you might not want to get to the point of granular in, in a big body of copy changing one word. Cause that's mm-hmm. probably not going to be enough to, to make a difference, but you can 
change a, a section of copy. You can add, um, and there are there are projects that also lend themselves really nicely to testing. When I, if I'm doing email copy for a client, for example, I will often just automatically send through a couple of different versions of subject lines, just the subject line. If they want to test more, if they want, you know, if they want to test email body versus uh, A versus B, they're going to need to hire me for that. But likely when, not likely, all the time, when I'm writing email copy, I'm naturally coming up with a couple of different versions of the subject line. And they're, they're like we've been saying, they're, they're based on what I know about the client, what we're trying to do, what I know about the target audience, all that kind of thing. And I'm not psychic. I wish I were. I'm not psychic, so I don't know. So I might send through and uh, let the client know, say, hey, you know, um, I sent through a couple of different versions of subject lines if, if you want to test them. The, one, the lead one is the one I'd recommend, but I have a couple other ones if you, if you want to test them. And clients are generally very grateful for that. Um, and then there are other kinds of projects where where testing is kind of built into it. If you're writing meta ads, for example, mm. um, meta ads it's it's a fund it's a, 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 a fundamental it's it's a, a testing playground because you are constantly testing to see what performs against another thing. Um, you. I was going to say you would never just write one version of an ad and have a client run it. You might if the client is very new to meta ads and, and rather unsavvy. Um, but what is more likely to happen is that you're going to write a couple of different versions of ads, a couple of different versions of headlines, a couple of different versions of maybe the text on an image uh, or a couple mm -hmm. of different versions of script for, uh, for a video in an ad. You're going to write a couple of different versions because a client is going to want to test them against each other to see what performs best. And then meta ads can be a great, uh, a great thing to get into because after they test, great. Eventually at some point that's going to get old. They're going to need to test new stuff. And as you get to know them and as you get to know their clients, you can really dig into what's going to perform. When you're running test after test after test, you can really get a good understanding for what that target audience wants and needs to hear. Yeah, I think as you're talking, length is such a good thing to oh, test, yeah. especially with meta ads. Is is a shorter ad more effective and people click through on those more often than they do a longer one? Or does the audience really like and want more detail and read through a whole post before they before they click through? Uh, with videos, you know, the I, I think of hooks almost like headlines in a video. What's the first line of that video? And does it increase make it more likely that people will watch more of the video? Does it increase the the watch time of that video? There's so, so many, it, it can be overwhelming. So I think focusing yourself and making sure I think email is a great example. I, I do the same thing. I always give a client multiple subject line options for them to to either end up choosing one or end up testing mm -hmm. if, the, if that's what they decide. Mm -hmm. uh, I think with other things, I think it's having a conversation with your client to make sure, hey, I think this would be a great opportunity to test this against this. Are you comfortable with that? To make sure you're building that into your quote so that you are being compensated for it. Because obviously, if you are writing three different meta ads, you want to be paid for those three different meta ads, not just one. Um, or even with a with a sales page, you know, sometimes the headlines it might take you a significant amount of time to, to kind of think of multiple different headlines that you think are valuable enough to test against each other. Um, but certainly if you're doing additional sections of copy to insert into these, these projects to test to say, okay, if we add something about, you know, about our team and how great it is, does that, does that impact this, this page? Mm -hmm. If you're creating more is all that's to say, 
you want to make sure you're compensated for that. So to talk about it. And obviously with testing, you can always take away too to see, okay, we have too much content on the page. Maybe if we if we scale back and, and remove these sections, what does that do? That's that's absolutely an option too. But I think just as you're going through this process, making sure you're not creating more for work for yourself that you're not compensated for. You want to be compensated for everything that you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And and to be clear too, when we say like I provide a, a multiple options, we mean two or three. Like three yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever send through I, I came up with all these subject lines. You're doing your client a disservice. You are here to make recommendations. Not only um, that, but you want to recommend your, you know, not all twenty that you come yeah, up with are good. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Very yeah. rare that you would have 20 really stellar options. Exactly. Um, and on top of that, the the work that you do, the testing work, if it's not built into the original scope, then that's something that you have to price out separately. So again, mm-hmm. like, like Kate said, if you're talking about testing at the very beginning and they're saying, yes, we, we know we're going to want to test X, Y, Z, great, then build that into the original project. Um, but if they come back and say, hey, we'd like to test this, or you say, hey, you know, are you interested in, in running tests on these and, and seeing... How perform how they perform? See if we can increase these conversion rates a little bit. Um, that doesn't mean that that's part of the original project. Then you come up with a new quote for the additional testing elements. So that's not testing is not automatically built in uh, unless you build it in. Yeah. Um, you do have to to build out an additional. And if if they come back and say, "Great, now we want to test," all you have to do is, with anything out of scope. You say, absolutely, I'm so excited to do this. I already have some ideas. Let me work up a quote for you and I'll get it over to you by end of day. Yeah, and anytime that you're asking your client to test something, definitely put it on your calendar to follow up with them to say, hey, you know, have you run this test yet? Do you have results that you can share with me? It might take them a while depending on when they're implementing it. And again, to reach that kind of threshold to know whether or not the test perform, you know, has enough uh, people going through to to have numbers that allow them to say, yes, this is the winner. Um, But once you have those results, this is such a great time to repitch your clients. This is a great time to say, okay, this is how it performed. You know, um, if they had goals for how it performed and it didn't meet them or it did or exceeded, whatever, it doesn't matter. I think the point is it's an opportunity to say, hey, either that's great that it performed like this or, okay, that's that's it's a bummer that it didn't perform like what we expected. I have some ideas for how I can we can make it perform even better. Mm-hmm. Um, in either case, even if it performed well, there's always opportunity. Again, you know, to Nikki's earlier point, if it's only even if it's only half a percentage point that it increases an in open rate, that could be thousands of people, and those that gives more opportunity for them to do whatever it is later on in, in the process that the client might want them to do. You know, the more people seeing and consuming the information, the the just more opportunity there is for them to to hit their other goals. So, yeah. um, repitch. Yeah. And one thing I want to make sure we're clear on too is if if you run some copy and they they and it, it doesn't perform the way if you're not you, if your client runs some copy and it doesn't perform the way that they had hoped it would, that's not a that's not a mark no. against you. It's not saying that you're a bad copywriter that you failed. Um, because remember too, your client was also part of that. Your client got the copy, they thought it all through, they worked it through with you, it was likely some back and forth to really perfect it. And you just, you, you can't know, one can't always know in advance what's going to happen. You will do your best. But again, you and your client both, so really your client signed off on that copy. So if if copy does not perform the way that you want, you the, the way that your client wants it to, your client is not going to be thinking, oh, what a cruddy copywriter. Because your client was also, culpable isn't the right word, but but just as responsible for the results 
as you are, um, more so, frankly. Uh, so it's, it, it just happens. There, it just happens sometimes. It, there have been plenty of projects that I've worked on for clients, plenty of projects that I've worked on in our own company where it just, it doesn't perform the way you expected it to. But the great thing is, is that there are always opportunities to, to improve. And if there's a one-time launch or something like that, it, it, it's, yes, okay, that's a little bit different, but it's very rare that there is a one-time opportunity to do something. There will almost always be op- uh, opportunities for iterations and improvements. And I think one of the things we forget as copywriters, we're not, yes, we're the ones providing the messaging, but we're one part of the marketing machine, if you will. Even if you're working just you and your client, who's who's the one getting the traffic into whatever, you know, if it's an email, who's yeah. who's getting the people that are receiving that email? That's not on you. They might have cruddy people on their email list that aren't the right audience. And so, yeah, that's going to impact open rate, click-through rate, all of that. They Very might, nice people, but just maybe not yes, the right audience. Not exactly. <laughs> These are great, great, fantastic humans. They just, you know, it's maybe your client's selling, I don't know, a bird seed. And these people just really don't like birds. Not the right audience. Maybe they're just cat people. And they, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's. But uh, it's valid. It's, it's yeah. it, I, I think this is a great point because, you know, I think sometimes people think, well, oh, uh, the sales page didn't perform the way we wanted it to. Yeah, but there's so many different factors. There is the design. Of course, there's number one, what they are selling. Mm-hmm. Number two, what the, what, what the audience is that's getting to this page, when they're they're getting getting to this page, how they're getting to this page. So results are are very rarely going to be just on you as the copywriter. Especially if you didn't write, you know, thinking about a sales page, you know, by the time they get to the sales page, they've hopefully, hopefully they're not sending, well, depending on what it is, they're most likely maybe not sending direct traffic to that sales page. But even then, you know, what what did the, if they're running ads directly to the sales page, who wrote that ad? If you didn't write that ad and you don't have mm-hmm. control over the other, other elements of getting people where they're going, and that's why it's so important to ask for things that are coming before whatever piece you're creating, uh, a piece of copy you're creating, what's coming after. So you know kind of what's surrounding your piece of copy, what messaging are the, the audience getting beforehand, where are they going after? So you have the context for your project. But if you don't have control over what those things are, then that obviously can impact. It's also n- nothing that you're doing and creating is isolated. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not in living in a vacuum. And so it's, it's not fair to put that pressure on yourself if something doesn't have some crazy, amazing result that you hoped it did. Mm-hmm. But you can be part of taking advantage of the opportunity to improve it. Yes. And that's where testing comes in. And that's yes. uh, part of why testing can be so much fun and so valuable when you're working with a client. So if a client starts to talk to you about potentially running tests on your copy, this is something that that not only should you embrace, but you might even want to be excited about because you will learn a ton. And we'll wrap it up there. With that, we will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.